Episode 26, Why America Has Pay-to-Play. Here is a quote from Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He said, It has to be said that the sport is expensive, very expensive. For example, in order for my children to play in a good football team, I have to pay $3,500 per child. It is not for the figure, but for the whole concept. Listen, pay-to-play has been a thorn in the U.S. soccer's foot ever since inception. In terms of soccer became a reality, or youth soccer became a reality in the United States, it's always been a problem. Now, we've in this country, we've really discussed over Facebook, over forums, over personal conversations, whatever, of the problems with pay-to-play. However, I don't think everybody quite fully understands the realities behind pay-to-play and why it's such a thing in this country, right? We all talk about why it needs to change. For sure it needs to change. But there's a reality to why pay-to-play is the actual model. And um, let me explain to you why, now, pay-to-play is here to stay. The first thing in regards to pay-to-play is that everything, as we know, has a cost. It doesn't matter where you live, no matter what you do, there's a cost to everything, right? Whether it's a positive cost or negative cost. So to participate in sports, to participate in music, to participate in theater, to participate in video games, to participate in whatever you choose, there's a cost to doing so. Or it has a price, okay? Even if we're talking about European clubs or South American clubs that pay for their players, there's a cost to that. So, yes, while the player gets it for free, the club is taking the financial hit in terms of that player. Okay, that way they can provide the service for free and they are now eligible for solidarity payments and training compensation payments. Okay, now what I'm going to do now is kind of break this down for you. So since there's a cost involved, somebody has to pay it. And that right there, folks, is why pay-to-play is relevant in this country. Because, essentially, there's two ways to do this, right? If we're talking about uh, a, a model for developing players or offering a service like youth sports, is you have the individuals that are signing up for the program, like a membership, like a membership fee, rather, pay for the program. So, when you sign up for a, a club, you pay $2,000, or in Zlatan's case, 3500 per kid, and then you're now registered with the program, right? And then there's the extra cost, tournaments, uniforms, things like that, right? That, that's typical, Okay. The other side of the coin is the compensation for formation model, which is used around the world. Um, and that typically means that the program is free for the individual. However, that doesn't mean that nobody pays for it. The club or the organization in charge pays for it. So it's a little bit different. I'm going to explain how that works uh, in a little bit. But you need to understand that point first, that if we're going to talk about switching from pay to play to compensation for formation, somebody has to pay for it. So if we're talking about the short term, if somebody wants to start a program, right, they're going to start a program, the easiest way to get it started is to charge a membership. 150 a month over 10 months, for example, is 1500 bucks, right? So it, it's just a way to help you understand why it's set up that way, okay? And I'll give you a personal example. I've looked at setting up a team at the Division Four level for adult football. That was my, my earliest estimate is 30K a season. So an entire year, it's going to cost me 30K, $30,000 to run an adult team. So I have two options if I consider actually doing this. 
The first is to the first is to try and raise enough money to cover the costs so nobody has to pay anything. And that's about $30,000. Okay? Or I charge a membership from everybody, which is the pay to play, and everybody pays a certain amount of money to cover the $30,000 expense to start the program. So there's two options. I could go out of my way and try and raise sponsorship money or donation or whatever to offset the cost and make the program free. Or I could do what's very simple and charge everybody X amount of dollars to cover my cost to start. So let me break down the the cost that I have to kind of get you to 30000 Okay, The first one is I have to pay a $500 registration fee just for the team to be inside the league. I have to pay about $3,000 in total to participate in the league. Okay, I then have to pay a referee cost of $2,400 for 30 games. I then have to get fields for games. It's going to cost me about $1,500 for all the games that we have to play in home games. Um, you got to have a coach. So at a really low estimate, we're talking $5,000 for a coach. Um, and it should be actually be probably more than that, but just using a simple number for you. Three times a week training, we're talking about 2300 bucks for the course of the year, and it might be a little bit more. Player carding, we're looking at about $1,000. And then uniforms, if we're covering that cost, it's about 3000 based on 20 players at 150 bucks. Okay. Now, that number will take you to about $2,500. i have added in $5,000 more as additional um, expenses or for something that's unexpected, right? We want to get a better coach. We want to uh, change something, change the location, something, right? You got to have some sort of backup in case something doesn't work out. So there that is. So uh, on paper, it's about $25,000, um, but I want to add in a $5,000 budget to just cover expenses if something pops up, okay? So for one year to operate, it's I need to have 30K available to me. So if I'm somebody that wants to start a program because I live in a country that's a capitalist country, the simplest thing for me to do is go up and charge a membership. So if anybody wants to join my program, you each need to pay, for example, $1,300. Everybody in 20 players covers that. My cost is covered. And I just made that number up. I don't know if that's accurate. But I want you to understand the point of why pay-to-play is actually a reality in this country. Okay. Now, if we're looking at it from the other side of the coin, and we're talking about a compensation for formation model. The money has to come from somewhere. So somebody has to pay it. What usually happens is clubs you know, that have been around a lot longer have developed over time. And the owners or owner um, has enough money to fund the organization. And most of these clubs have adult teams. So if we're talking about, I'm going to use the Premier League for an example. We're talking about Manchester City. Right? They have a youth academy with only one team per age group. And then they also have a, for example, reserve team and first team. Okay, Those guys are paid, but the first team will bring in an incredible amount of revenue. So the process for them is a lot simpler in terms of expenses that they would need to cover for players because they're bringing in so much money from the first team, from when they sign players to when they sell players to shirt sales to ticketing to merchandise to concessions to everything right sponsorship all of it they bring in an incredible amount of money per year right there and their expenses are obviously much less i mean they should be at least i don't know what exactly manchester city's expenses are but to give you an idea of what that looks like okay so that will allow you to hopefully understand a little bit better so they can take that financial hit 
a lot easier than, say, somebody like me who doesn't have 30k a year to operate. Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky, though, because when we're talking about compensation for formation, that is a long-term play. Long-term. What I mean by that is you're talking about probably at a minimum, minimum, seven years for you to start making a return on your investment, okay? That's because if we're talking about compensation for formation, you have to have a development process and that window in place. So you pick up a player. The process for compensation for formation starts at U12, or when the player turns 12, I should say. Goes up to when they turn 23. So that's an 11-year window right there of a football in education where a club could get compensation for formation. But let's say they start with a 12-year-old player. They can't sign a pro contract until 16. Now at an academy level, only one player on average is going to sign a pro contract. So it's difficult for clubs or people like me that want to try and change the system, but there's so much money involved. Right? I mean, think about it. I told you I have to pay 2400 bucks for referees. I have to pay $1,500 just to have games. Just games. I got to pay $1,000 for player cards. I got to pay three grand for uniforms. I got to pay almost $2,500 just to offer training for the players. To have a field to train at. Right? I got to pay the organization $3,500 just to be in their league. So uh, hopefully you're starting to see how this adds up and why it becomes extremely difficult for any organization in this country. And trust me, I don't like pay-to-play. I don't want to have pay-to-play. But I think this helps give information and ideas as to why pay-to-play is actually a reality in this country and why we're like this. Because I'm one of the same people that I've said for years, pay-to-play needs to end. But what has to happen is you need to convince an owner to take at least, at least, a seven-year hit to make any money. So unless you have a giant financial backing, one, or two, you're making so much money covering the first team or some sort of concept that's generating you a ton of money where you can take that hit, it won't be a problem, right? And I'll give you a second example. With the prospects program that I run, I'm toying or trying to find a solution to offer the program completely free. Now, let me tell you how much money that's going to cost me. That's almost, a, I have three teams. That's almost a hundred grand for one year to cover everybody's expenses. Everybody's. That includes tournaments, that includes uniform, that includes player carding, that includes training, that includes games, that's everything. Completely covered. It would cost me just shy of a hundred grand to cover three teams at three different age groups to have them completely sponsored and free. So let's do the math on that. Let's say it's three teams, a hundred grand. I would have to do that for a minimum of seven years before I get a return on my investment. That's $700,000 that I would have to spend before I'd probably even make a penny back. Okay. And I don't have the same resources in terms of, I don't have people giving me money. I don't have a protein that I'm making revenue on where I can afford to do that. Because if you look again at Manchester City, if they're taking a $700,000 hit, that means nothing to them. It means nothing. That's They make a million dollars a day 
I'm exaggerating. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But I want you to understand the point is that they're making so much money that they can take that hit and it's nothing to them. Because if they have one player that signs pro from their academy that goes to the first team and then is sold later on, they're going to receive three types of payments. The first one is, or could receive three types of payments. The first one is a, is a transfer fee that they're going to receive for the player. So like if Raheem Sterling wants to leave and go to Barcelona and then he gets an offer, Barcelona and Manchester City have to come to an agreement on a transfer fee. Let's say it's 100 million euros. Well, if Manchester City, and they didn't, but let's say Manchester City did develop um, Raheem Sterling, they would then get that money in a transfer fee, 100,000. It didn't cost them anything but, you know, 100 grand to develop Raheem Sterling. Again, I'm using an example. It's not a good one because Raheem Sterling wasn't developed in uh, Manchester City. But let's say he was again, right? So that's $100,000 that they spent on Raheem Sterling. But in the transfer fee alone, they're getting 100 million. Then if he's under a certain age and he's transferring to a new country, they can receive a training compensation fee, right? Would be a set dollar amount at a specific price, which again, we're using numbers. Let's just say it's 500,000 euros, okay, or pounds. And then there'd be a solidarity payment. Again, this would be similar to a training compensation and they would get about another 500,000 pounds or uh, euros. And right there, by those two other payments outside of the transfer fee, they've already covered the cost on that player, right? And then you add in the transfer fee, it's ridiculous the amount of money these clubs are making, right? And I'll give you an Olympic Lyonnais example. Kareem Benzema goes to Real Madrid a couple of years ago, signs, Real Madrid buys him for, I think it was like 35 million euros. So Olympic Lyonnais developed Benzema in their system. They had to pay for him. So let's say they spent, we're talking... A couple of years ago, 10 years ago, they spent 50,000 euros on developing Benzema. Real Madrid buys him for 35 million euros. That's like a 10,000% increase on in what they spent. I don't know what it actually is, but you get my point, right? Then they got a solidarity payment because he was over the age of 23, so there's no training compensation. A solidarity payment of, let's just say, roughly three. 100,000 euros. Well, right there, that 300,000 euro covers the cost of what it took to develop Benzema and many other players outside of the transfer fee. So imagine if you have a program that's just developing and churning out talent, how much money comes through the door. But again, if we're looking at it from my scale, somebody that wants to change the system, and I've talked about it for years, think of the cost then. If I do it and I offer prospects three years, or sorry, seven years for free, that's $700,000 for three teams that I'm going to need to cover. Then, this is where it gets really tricky, is because FIFA has regulations in terms of categories of an academy. There's four levels. In the United States, you, we only have offers of four, three, and two. Number one is the highest. A Category 4 club, which is probably the category my program would fall under, we would get $10,000 per year that the player is in my program for training compensation or a solidarity payment. So again, let's say I take a player for 7 years. I've covered everybody's cost for $700,000. And I get $10,000 for one player per year and they're in my program for 7 years. That's $70,000. I've just taken a huge loss 
a huge loss because I don't have a first team. I can't sell the player to somebody. He's not on a pro contract. So all I'd be getting is training compensation. So right there you can see how trying to flip this program on its head to make it completely free for training compensation. The only way I could do that realistically and survive is by donation and by sponsorship. That's the only way that I could totally pay for the program. That's the only way. I I can't see another solution in this moment how I could pay for a program without having a professional team like an MLS Academy or an MLS club and then be able to offer things for the Academy teams for free. Now, also, I don't know about all MLS Academies or all MLS clubs, I should say, but many of them have non-sponsored teams. So they have teams that are generating in this pay-to-play model extra money. And I can't blame them for that, can you? Because I just gave you a realistic price point of what it costs to operate a free program. So let's imagine you're an MLS Academy and you have five age groups. It's going to cost you probably a little bit more than my expenses than what I gave you just simply because they have more infrastructure. They probably take team buses to do things. So it's going to cost them a heck of a lot more money to do those type of things. Maybe 150 a year per team. So yeah, they're going to try and generate as much revenue as possible from pay to play to cover those players' expenses. It makes sense. Why would you not do that? Okay, so hopefully that helps you understand a little bit as to why America actually has pay-to-play. And again, I'm with everybody. I want pay-to-play to end, but it's not going to end until there's a change, until somebody with a lot of money can step up and say, you know what, I'm going to invest $10 million over 15, 20 years in a program. That would be the only way to say, for example, a program like Prospects, like my program, could survive because we would need investment for about 20 years and say, listen, we're going to churn talent out. That's the goal is to develop players. We can select anybody we want. And then you're only getting accepted into the program if you truly want to be a pro and you're willing to sacrifice everything to make it. So that way in 20 years, when we take that investment and we make 70,000 per year or per player that's in our program for, you know, 10 years, seven years, they become a pro. And then we're starting to make 70,000, 70,000, 70,000, and we have 20, 30 players, then you can start to see how it could make a little bit more sense and work for us in our situation. Okay, but that's the only way that it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen like that, it's not going to work. And that's my realistic standpoint after doing a lot more research into this and consideration for starting my own programs like that. Again, I told you I'm looking at starting an adult team. It's 30000 per year. I have to cover that cost somehow. I can't cover it any other way. I could try and raise enough money that might get me off the ground for the first year. But if I get an investor in and it costs me thirty grand, well, guess what? They want their money back. How do you think I'm going to get their money back? Membership. Right? So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense to you. We all talk about why pay-to-play needs to end, but there's really no solutions from anybody. My solution is, here you go, again, somebody that's willing to invest $10 million over 20 years to try and make that happen. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, and I will see you in the next one.